0: In this episode of the Beamable Game Dev Podcast, we sit down with a team from Quadratron Studio and talk about their game Fish Heads. And we get to hear about their experience of running a booth at Too Many Games. Let's jump into the interview. We got Eric, Laura, Mark, Zenas, and Aaron is also here from Woo! Beamable. So <laughs> let's, uh, Zenas, I'm gonna start with you. Like, tell us a little bit about the studio. Give us some background.
1: Yeah, um, so Strong Games is uh, a little indie studio that me and my buddy Christian kind of put together so we could you know, just release our... Uh, well, we were started out doing like little game jam games over the weekends, but then um, we started doing a little bit more serious work. And uh, back, geez, how long ago was it? I think it was like 2016, we released a game called Super Rock Blasters. Actually, I have a little sign here from Super Rock Blasters, which was available <laughs> steam and switch and uh we did that for a while and then um we had always been uh, taking in some interns and students and stuff over the years and last summer i guess or, or no the summer of 2020 um i wasn't going to take a bunch of interns because i was busy doing some other stuff and uh a bunch of people contacted me and said hey you know because of the pandemic you know we're having a hard time finding um Internships? Could we get an internship with me? Um, so I was like, okay, I'll I'll take on some students this year, and um and uh, well, the team was built, and there's probably uh, aside from Eric, Laura, uh, Mark wasn't actually an intern. We we he can talk about that later, but um there were a couple other students, um, Kevin, um, oh uh. uh Nico, and who was the other guy's name? I can't remember his name. Oh, Connor. 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 Connor kind of like, we kind of disappeared. Uh, And then Faith. Yeah. So we all uh, got together, and I was like, hey, guys, I just made a game earlier in the year. It was more of like something to do at the start of the pandemic uh, called Threshold Runner. And it was supposed to be for a, a client, but that didn't end up working. And I said, why don't you take this game I made turn it into something that is of your own and I'll, I'll help guide you through the process and do some of the development work with you. And they were, they, they were pretty cool about that. And uh, that is kind of the birth of fish heads. We just started with, you know, designing the concept and uh, some concept art, um, talking about how we were gonna change an infinite runner in something a little bit more hours. Um, and I just let the ball roll there. And actually I'd like to let the other, everyone else kind of talk about their experiences about that. but. That is where Fish Heads came from, and a little bit about uh, Quadron Games.
0: I love it. I love it. So you you mentioned Mark was not an intern. Let's let's talk about it.
1: Oh uh, yeah, go ahead, Mark. Uh, is Mark sure. still there?
0: Uh, Mark might be frozen. Yeah. Oh, Mark is really still. His yeah, I see the his his bars are all red. So. Maybe, maybe Mark will come back eventually. At least he froze with a smile on his face (laughs) and not with like the half blink that sometimes happens. So, uh, well, uh, Laura, let's, let's hear from you. Like, how has that experience been working, working on fish heads?
2: Yeah, I was going to say, um, I remember one of our first meetings period was talking about, um, how can we take threshold runner and take it artistically, aesthetically. Completely 180 away from what it currently looks like. And it was like a cute fantasy Disney Mary Blair whimsical thing. And I feel like I remember uh, a lot of the team members really liked Bioshock and, you know, a little darker games. And I think I don't know when underwater started to happen, but it it was so fun to be so artistically involved, even from the start. Like, that's what we were talking about. I came in as an intern. Um, I think we were... Oh, Mark is gone. Maybe he'll be back. <laughs> Miss you, Mark. Um, I think I emailed you in January of 2020 before, you know, things, things hit the fan, and we were lucky enough to arrange an internship before, um, you know, everything went downhill because Quadratron Studios' physical location where they used to rent was really close to where I lived and I thought that would be cool and even though we did everything remote it was still you know a cool cool experience anyway but yeah I came in I just wanted to get an internship that let me make art uh in school we did a lot of like everything and I feel like we never got to focus on art because I was also trying to learn coding and like texture mapping and all this other stuff that's like not my wheelhouse
0: and so are are you kind of responsible for the look of, of fish heads? Like I'm I'm looking at yeah. some of the uh some of the artwork right now and I like I like kind of the uh I I mean, in a sense, this fish head that's in this bottle is 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 kind of terrifying. It looks like a football <laughs> fish, I'm guessing. Right? Like Yeah,
2: he's like a one of those lantern fish or angler fish, I guess it, they're it, technically called.
0: Yeah, yeah, there you go. I yeah, think I Animal think- Crossing calls him a football fish. So that's yeah, a, a yeah. Give me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, but yeah, when I was at too many games, I think that was like something that like dr- like drew me to your table was this artwork. Because I was like, oh, okay, like you're walking, you're looking through and it's like, okay, we got like, you know, either like super cutesy games or like super hardcore, like, rah! and then like you look over and I'm like, wow, like that's, that's kind of like different. Like, that's kind of cool. And then I yeah, sat down and started playing and I was like, wow, this is such a cool game. And, you know, obviously we've evolved to this great friendship now. But, you know, yes. um, yeah. And speaking of the artwork, though, I guess this is a perfect time to open this. This bad boy. Yeah, I, I haven't know. yet. Um, oh, my gosh. He wrote me a note yeah, I even
2: drew you art, drew so. that
3: like right there.
2: Yeah. Look, hold on to it because it'll be worth millions one day now
3: right. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna I'm gonna frame it now. Um, thank you for that. Okay. here we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if for, if
0: you're only listening to the audio version here, Aaron is opening a poster, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah and so also to audio people as I, you know, open this poster. Last time I was on this podcast, as some of us may or may not have seen, um, Josh was making fun of me because I didn't have this poster when I said that I got the high score because I totally did. 100%. I didn't. Um, so then you guys reached out and were like, whoa. Oh my god. There's mul- You guys give me multiple posters? Yeah, okay. we hooked you up. Oh, right. <laughs> Here's number one.
2: If That's my favorite. You can-,
3: can you see that, Josh? Is it? Yeah. Wow, I'm full <laughs> screen. go this way? look at that that's so cool okay thank and then you number two. Oh snap look at this one this Classic. is so cool
2: thank you this is so, we, so 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 i drew awesome. that like during a convention like a digital convention and then here's number three nice this is so cool like, apple center logo or something thank it. you so
3: much this is amazing
2: yeah no problem there should be stickers in there too unless i was a dummy and forgot but oh. <laughs> yeah there you go it might be a little crumpled but i
3: don't know i might have like dropped a few of them
2: yeah i have i have
3: where is it i have other fish head stuff oh no i have it right here that i got at too many games i got this sticker i'm pretty sure. Yeah, this cool. one, this, the postcard, mm-hmm. and uh oh, this is different. But yeah, I got these two at the convention. So cool stuff. Okay,
0: I see Mark is back. Mark, are you are you with us? Kind <laughs> yeah, of hear me freezing time? periodically. I will let you know your face <coughs> froze at a good like it was a good look. It wasn't mid-blink <laughs> <Nice> or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so I don't know if you heard the beginning, but like we 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 were talking about the interns and, and, and how you weren't in an intern and maybe you can kind of give us a little bit of background on, um, on that. And then just your, uh, your work with, uh, with, with fish heads.
4: Sure. Um, can you hear me all right? We can. Okay, good. Yeah. Sorry about that. My computer crashed before. Um, but with, uh, with Quadratron and with fish heads, it was, um, Basically, I got involved because I took a class with Zenith and my background, uh, like I went to the same school as as he was teaching it. basically, Um, and I was a music student um, and my senior year, I just got interested in kind of finally, you know, taking the, the lead on trying to do some game audio stuff. And so I took a game design course that he was teaching. And I had no idea how to work with games. Uh, So I basically told him that. I told him like I can do audio stuff. And that's really my limit there. And he said, uh, you can pass this class, basically, if you do the music and the audio for all the projects in it. And that sounded like a great little stress test. So I did that. And then um, it was basically just through that and through working with him, having to problem solve with everything I didn't know with him in the class that. um, we, we just kind of got talking and then I reached out afterwards um, after school, after graduating. And he basically said, um, you know, I was actually thinking about reaching out cause I have this project that um, I kind of need an audio guy for. Um, and so that, that was pretty much it. He just brought me on. I'm technically a contractor. Um, but, but yeah, I've been working with the team since a little bit after they started. Um, but it's, it's been really cool. Love it. That's incredible.
0: Eric, We've had you. We've had you quiet this whole time. I apologize. <laughs> no what? Uh, how has? What's? What's been your? Uh, what? What role did you play in? Uh, in Fish Heads?
5: Yeah. So I was one of the programmers. There was um, three of us. So we yeah, I mean, We would just meet every week and kind of decide what needed to get done and divvy up the programming work. Um, I mostly did. I created the enemies. You know the, the functionality of the enemies. Of course, Laura did the art. Um, and I worked mostly on the spawner. So there's a spawner off to the side that the player can't see that spawns the platforms on. Uh, and I I did most of the work on that. Can't say I did all of the work on that, but I did most of the work on that.
0: <laughs> Very cool. So if, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, was Quadrat- Quadratron, did I say it right? I want to make sure I yeah, said that's it right. Yeah. yeah, Studio. Was was it remote before the pandemic, or did it become remote after?
1: Uh, before the pandemic, we had a um, <clears throat> we had actually uh, originally started when we created the company. We were in Philadelphia. <clears throat> we had an office space in uh, a shared office space with a bunch of other people. It was called the Philly Game Forge, um, and unfortunately, that uh, shut down. Uh, but we moved to. Well, we first came to my house. My business partner Christian was my roommate. Uh, and then we were like butting heads, uh, working all day long in the same house and living in the same house and stuff. <laughs> so I was like, we, we gotta go get another space. So we ended up, uh, local in the town that I live in, there's a, a place called the factory. Uh, and again, it's a, it's like a, a shared space, but it's, um, it's more for like woodworking, metalworking, uh, and other kinds of, um, uh, well like factory stuff. Uh, but we were able to uh, get a, a small little studio um, and uh, work from within there. So we did that for, I think, three years. Uh, so it was fun kind of getting to work with uh, – we would have students come in, and we would have this, this space where there were you know some desks, and we would all work together. But it <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Uh, but when the, the pandemic hit, we basically weren't going in there anymore, and we decided, well um, – you know, we'll just get rid of it because we, we had set up home offices and stuff. Uh, but it turned out it worked out great because we all got used to working remotely. Uh, it would be nice to meet up in different places. We kind of do that anyway. We kind of get together and you know go to the the, uh, the brewery or something like that. But, um, yeah, that was how we were doing things for a while.
0: Can we talk about the the transition to remote work just a little bit? Because I'm sure there's some devs out there that are, you know, Maybe they're, they're feeling a little bit lonely or they're <laughs> maybe their workflows and stuff isn't quite working the way they would kind of hope mm-hmm. it would like, how, ha- how have you guys been able to succeed in, in the remote environment?
1: Well, I think, uh, in the beginning, Christian and I, we, we lived together in the same place, but, um, and you know, we, we went to the, uh, to the office to work together. So two guys working together is, it's not like a room full of people. So transitioning to just working in your office, it wasn't that big a deal. Uh, We had also been using a lot of, we use Slack a lot, Uh, even when we were in the office, we would send things to each other um, uh, all the time. Um, And we had a variety of different online resources and we were doing some contract work. So some of that contract work was already remotely. So we'd get a a contract with a, a company that wasn't in the Philadelphia area, Uh, We would have to work with them. I think one of them was actually in North Carolina and we just got used to being able to communicate with people uh, over a longer period of time so that when the pandemic hit, we already had a lot of those tools in place and a lot of um, uh, workflow that kind of understood that not everyone's going to be in the same room all the time.
0: Gotcha. Very cool. I want to go back and talk some more about fish heads. Like we you guys kind of talked about some of the inspiration came from games like, like Bioshock and, and, and it sent for, if I was understanding correctly, this started out as a different project that kind of became the bones for (coughs) fish heads. That was not meant to be a pun. And, um, so let's just talk about the gameplay even like, is it, is this still I, I think the other game was like a, uh, um, infinite runner or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Is this the same kind of thing? Are you just, how, how does it control? How does it play?
5: So it's, it is similar to the uh, original game. The original game was a super basic infinite runner. And this is still a pretty basic infinite runner. Um, the biggest difference I would say is the, there's three tiers of platforms that kind of go across. And so part of the goal of the game is to try to climb your way up, as you're running. Um, and then you know, taking damage or missing that jump will often have you fall down, where it's a little bit harder to stay alive. And so the goal is kind of a the perpetual goal of a usual infinite runner, which is avoid obstacles, but also <coughs> of moving up to get better awards and a better score.
0: Got it. Okay. Now I I noticed like the trailer I was watching and stuff. Like, are you firing a weapon? Are you jumping on enemies?
5: Like
2: uh, no, I'm gonna give
5: Fishboy a gun now. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. He seems like it would fit with him. But no, it is, it's just jumping over enemies. So it's avoiding enemies. There's no yeah. damaging the enemies or anything like that. I see. Gotcha.
0: Okay. All right. And so, c- did any of you guys, like, can we confirm that Aaron actually set the high score? Like, can somebody, because I still <laughs> have a hard time believing her because she didn't have the posters right away. So. Was anybody there for that?
2: I wasn't there, but sad
0: okay. is there.
3: but but she heard about it cuz it was yeah. a really big thing that <laughs> happened that I did. Yes, I did Josh. hear
5: about it. Yeah. yeah. So numbers are relative, but yeah. <laughs> the number she got was a high number.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. High enough It was to the high score for that playthrough. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, the
3: high <laughs> score for that. Actually,
1: that whole tournament was that we were throwing that day was really fun and kind of spontaneous. We really hadn't planned for that, and we we're like, "Why don't we have a tournament?" And uh, yeah. Laura whipped up a, a high scoreboard, and we just mm-hmm. threw it up there. And uh, a lot of people were very engaged with that. I thought it was. They cool. were
2: way more than I expected. It was really yeah, it was cool fun. to see that people were so engaged after that. It was like night and day.
3: Yeah, yeah, I like. I think I sat there for like three to five rounds
5: of.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's what would happen. People would of of
3: getting the best scores. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ever. Um,
5: One right after the other.
3: Yeah, but you know, um, everybody here but Josh has pretty much had hands-on experience with the game and for me someone who obviously wasn't a part of creating the project like you guys but you know as a player playing it it was so um it was so relieving and also like nostalgic for me because i as a kid loved playing robot unicorn attack okay <laughs> so when i sat down to play fish heads i was like okay this is like robot unicorn attack but like better because it doesn't like go like super 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 fast but also like oh my God, there's all these enemies and I have to like jump over them and there's, there's then there's these pearls and I got to get them. And ah. so it was like, a so, like I loved the challenge of it and I just loved the the format and everything. Um, so you guys did a fantastic job. Thank you. Thank you.
2: We got a lot of that comparison. I think I heard that like <laughs> a couple times every hour. It was really funny. I'd never played it. And so I've looked into it since then and I can totally see yeah. it.
0: Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about too many games. Is this was this the first like convention that you guys have done?
5: Yeah. For me. Yeah. Me too. I mean
0: I've I've been to a bunch of
1: conventions, everything from like uh, too many games locally to Magfest and PAX mm-hmm. and stuff like that with other games. Uh, but I wanted I wanted these guys to get the experience of taking their game to the to the convention. And it just so happened that too many games kind of like plopped right at the right time um and we all were able to kind of like
0: take advantage of that which i thought was really cool as okay so laura your first it was your first convention then
2: yeah it was my first convention like actually showing anything at i'd been to too many games just like a spectator you know enjoyer con goer but um yeah i and i had no idea what to expect especially post covid i was like are there going to be people there? Like, are we, where are we located? What What is this going to be like? But it was, yeah, I, I set my expectations low and they uh, <laughs> superseded that. <laughs> set the bar low. Then you'll be pleasantly surprised. I just had no idea what to expect. We had done a digital convention like a few months prior and it was, you know, it was all right, but it, it was nothing like the real thing.
0: Let's talk about the prep for the convention, right? Because you got to have, you got to have, you know, posters and, and artwork for the booth and maybe some codes and all that stuff. Like what, what was that process? Like how long did it take, uh, you know, just getting everything ready to go?
2: Um, luckily some of the, printing facilities I used were pretty quick on their turnaround but honestly it just meant that I had to make sure I was ordering things ASAP to make sure that they came in time. Uh, I had previously graduated and I had done my senior thesis and I was ordering stickers for that and so that kind of gave me like a taste of what's to come for like setting up and you know exhibition for your work so I knew like okay we're gonna order these way 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 in advance. Um, so I think I ordered like the base art things, old fish heads, art posters. And then I tried to work on new things in between like new art. I think the first poster you showed off was something I made like maybe in between that period to try to like dress up uh, the booth a little bit. And, um, yeah, print, print, print. I know now for next time to probably even give myself more time. Yeah, that one. Yeah, this one. That's that style is like way more close to the style that we're kind of taking on for our next game. So you can tell that is made like so recently in comparison to the other two, which are pretty much a match for the game style. I change my style like every six months. It's so bad. It's super.
3: It's super super awesome though. Like I really, I really enjoyed like. I'm just gonna say it a million times. I did. I like. I really enjoyed playing the game, and I really enjoyed like sitting there and like everything you guys had out on the table was like so, um, like so immersive. Didn't you guys have these like little glow up like pearl things? So like I
1: I was- had I had bought these like LED balls for some other reason just to have some fun out in the park, and uh, I was looking for things to bring to kind of make our table a little bit more exciting. I've been to a lot of these conventions and uh, I have a, some experience over the years of, you know, making the table look a little bit more enjoyable uh, to, to people walking around. So, uh, you know, outside of just getting all the tech together to bring the tech and setting up the tech and getting it, making sure it all ran properly. Uh, I went, you know, I wanted to kind of get this, uh, the table kind of decorated nicely. Uh, little did I know, Laura had created all of these nice um basically took all the enemies and the platforms from the game cut them out and pasted them all over the table which was fantastic yeah.
2: but it was just on like printer paper i thought of that idea like 3 days before <laughs> it was i had to cut everything out individually it sucked but they were so cute with those orbs
3: Oh my I god. It was game. it was so cool because like you like for me, like I showed up to the table, I'm like, all right, cool, like cool game. Whoa, cool like light things. I like lights if you can't tell. Yeah. But I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like a moth to a flame. I was like, ooh, <laughs> orb. Like ooh. so then I sat down and I was like, whoa, wait, this is in the game. Like this is so cool. So I, like th- like good job on just the whole setup of it. It was just right, so you. you know, it really stuck out to me.
0: It sounds like your next con probably going to have the leaderboard set up immediately, right?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We we actually been talking about that. Laura wants to put together. Uh, we kind of whipped it up really fast on just like some some paper. Uh, yeah, Laura <laughs> wants to get that officially printed out and and
0: set up.
2: Right. Oh, I need no, to officially. Make, like, work for it. Yeah. Oh, fish oh
3: officially. <laughs> uh,
0: The The thing that's interesting is that the leaderboard brings the social aspect to the game, right? Even though it's outside of it, but then <laughs> while you're alive at a, at a convention like that, it brings that social proof. All of a sudden you have a line of people and that line draws more people, right? It's yeah. a, it's a, it's a pretty good way to market yourself while you're at that con because everybody's fighting for attention, right? I mean, it's, it's the same, it's the same thing we do online trying to get attention and you get a line of people, you get a little crowd, all of a sudden people want to know what's going on over there. What's, what's happening. And so I think it's a great takeaway for anybody that's thinking about going to a con to present their game, to, to try to get it in front of more people is like, yeah, include, Include a leaderboard of some kind. I mean, what did you guys end up using? Like a whiteboard or something just to, just, uh, like, <laughs> it piece was of like a paper, a it
2: big was giant a notebook
0: paint.
1: or something. Was, yeah, like was, I had sketch I pad. I
2: the posters and like a big art canva board thing. And I had, I had like giant 18 by 24 stacks of like a uh, Bristol board. <laughs> so we just took a marker and hastily put something together.
0: Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. I mean, that grabbed Erin's attention, right. And it got, it, 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 it got her thinking she was at the top of the leaderboard. So.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Because I was. (laughs) You
1: know, since I've been to a bunch of these over the last decade, I guess, um, you start to see other ideas from other people and you start kind of bringing them into your, your own presentation and, you know, everything from like just having beanbag chairs out or like a big, you know, Portable sofa, so to speak. Um, everything to kind of make your your table kind of stand out among the crowd. Uh, a lot of people come. They'll kind of just set up their, you know, basic table with, a you know, maybe a tablecloth over it. But, uh, you know, if you bring in some, you know, lights and some uh, – make it like a carpet that make it feel like you're you know, at home and a couch and um, uh, give it a little bit of pizzazz and some things for people to win, even though it's like um, – Something as simple as a poster, right? It draws in that that crowd, and uh, they get excited by those things.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah,
1: and
3: for I, sure. Like. For me, so Too Many Games was my first convention ever, and I went alone, so I had, like, no idea what to expect. Um, And, you know, walking through and going into that little, like, section that you guys were in, Um, you know, I'm walking through, I'm like, all right, like, what do I do? And it's like, okay, look, this is, like, you know, uh, was it Seahorse Saga? I was, like, kind of across from you guys, and they were, like, two students, and they were telling me about their game. And that was neat, and that was interesting, because they were kind of, like, up and very welcoming. And then I don't know what game was, like, at like that one part like here but it just wasn't it wasn't drawing me in and i don't think it was because like i i didn't get like a welcoming feel but as soon as i turned to fish heads Zenas, i think you came up to me and were like hey would you want to sit down and play our game and i was like (laughs) well why not here we go and i sat down (laughs) i was like wow this is like really cool and you guys were like super nice to me and i was like this is like really great. So I think it's not just the effort you guys put into the aesthetics, but it's also the effort you guys put into just like being nice and being welcoming to people is super important because like those cons are like so overwhelming. And you're like, Oh my God, there's all these people just kind of like moving around me. And for you guys to look at me and be like, Hey, we see you, you're a person. Do you want to like sit down for a minute and check out this game? And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, I do. So,
1: you know, yeah. Uh, you have to be personable you're 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 selling entertainment you got to make people feel comfortable and excited so yeah being you know all of us are all kind of introverted and just kind of want (laughs) to hang out but we you know when you're at the convention you you basically have to step out of that that little shell and be like you know hey come look at this crazy carnival thing going on (laughs) we got all kinds of manner of craziness going on uh so uh you do learn how to get involved and i think my, I really wanted uh, the guys here to kind of get a taste of that, do it on their own. But I had to kind of step up a little bit and just be like, here's how you do something. Um, and they they ran with it really well. Uh, so give them props too. Like Thanks. for their first time, they they definitely, they stepped up to the plate and did a great job.
2: It was exciting. People were so friendly too. Like I feel like I quickly noticed a pattern of like, these are just cool people. They just want to check out the game and, Everyone was just so nice and friendly. I never got like any yeah, you know, there was never anybody that came up and said, This looks terrible. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> like yeah. everyone was so nice. <laughs> they would be like, Oh, this looks rad. I love the colors or this looks fun. I think I just stood like stood there with postcards and if somebody gave me eye contact, it'd be like, free postcard? <laughs> Come here. Yeah. Come yeah, I think, I think you gave me yeah, thank you. <laughs> that
3: was it you mean it's a super exclusive postcard that only (laughs) cool people get the the top of the leaderboard yeah (laughs) yeah josh
0: so i want to transition again talking uh, just about the creation of the game mark you you started talking we we know you did some of the sound can you talk a little bit about the process of of, of coming up with some of the, the audio and, and if there's any cool stories to share with, like, I don't know if you were out recording, smacking a wrench on a cable or something crazy, <laughs> you know, like, uh,
4: anything like that. Um, yeah, the, uh, the, like getting the sense of how we are going to design the audio as a whole was pretty cool because Laura's art style was so, um, sort of like involved that it it was like initially we had so many ideas. um, And it was just sort of like a a little bit of a product of kind of the COVID scenario that that we ended up with the music we did. Because I think initially, we were talking about like a jazz score of like something we would go in and record live. um, And it was it was like a super exciting idea. But practically, it was like the studio I used was closed, getting all those people in one room was probably going to be an issue. So um, we just started um, sort of brainstorming other ideas. And then what ended up happening was we um, sort of uh, ended up on this idea of trying to merge Danny Elfman with um, Tchaikovsky, and that was that was the big thing that I, I was working on. Selling everyone was like this playful idea of <laughs> of having this um, you know big orchestral sound that sort of goes and plays into that kind of Y two K cartoon art style. Um, so that's that's how the music ended up where it did and then the um sound design was um was also very largely based off of the art style um where it was it was a lot of that that cartoon like i said y2k um so what we did was a lot of the sound design are, is super musically influenced you know there's instruments uh you know sort of uh, mickey mousing like they call it um what happens on screen at times um, and it's totally unrelated to the music but utilized some of those same sounds um and so that that was how we kind of crafted the the audio coming into that
0: game i see i see and eric talking about the programming a little bit like were there any hurdles for you or any like big takeaways learning experiences as you were as you were programming this game
5: uh i think the big the big takeaway is um that it can be tough to (laughs) work with multiple programmers, which I, I kind of <laughs> knew beforehand. Um, it's something I heard a lot, but it was nice actually getting the experience to butt heads with other programmers. Uh, Cause everybody just writes code differently. Um, and in the end, it's a beneficial uh, experience. For instance, like I was saying, I did most of the work on the spawner, but there was one time when kind of all the programmers had to come together and we were doing kind of a big update to the spawner. Um, and it, Took longer than it potentially could have if I did it by myself, because, you know, everyone's going back and forth and giving their opinions. But in the end, it kind of gets you a stronger piece of code, a stronger system. Um, so that was kind of the the biggest takeaway is learning how to actually work in a group of programmers. And honestly, it. also just learning to work with everyone else, because I had also never worked with an artist and seeing how, you know, our design choices are influenced by the art and how the artists' choices are sometimes influenced by the design side and, mm-hmm. and all that. Mark kind of touched on that a little bit too. Yeah.
0: Laura, how about for you? Any any big takeaways from this project, like learning experiences?
2: Yeah, um, definitely. The whole thing was was such a, a learning experience. I had never like fully committed to making art for like an entire game. Most of the things I'd done in school were short learn a little bit of everything, you know, do do the art for, you know, your, your final, which is like a two-week thing. But um, I learned about, like, creating a style, making sure that that style works across, you know, whatever platforms you're using. Early art for fish heads was, like, really detailed because that's just what my style currently was at the time. And we realized, like, okay, this is a mobile game. We need to make sure, like, people can see it on a screen that's this big so let's bump it down uh so creating a style keeping on that style and making sure that future assets I'm making look like they should exist in in this universe um yeah that 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 was a huge thing especially like making sure my line weights are right we throw something in and if I had drawn it at a much bigger scale it, it was um yeah, I would have to like, Oh, redraw it with a thinner brush or something like that. A lot of technical stuff that I had not realized was so involved with it. Um, mm-hmm. That I learned a huge, huge part of the technical side of making art for games.
0: Zenas. How about you? Like any big takeaways from this project? Anything that, uh, you know, like, uh, well, I learning guess, experiences.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I was working on small, like a two-man team. Obviously, working with uh, other stakeholders, but mostly it was just the two of us. And oftentimes, we were in the same room and we just like ask each other questions. And um, this team was much larger, required a lot more uh, coordination. Uh, I was taking more of a backseat in development, although I I, I did some of the development after their interns were done. Uh, I did a lot of the porting for different uh, consoles and stuff. Uh, But for the most part, I had to take a back seat and let everything kind of roll. And I had to kind of guide the team. So um, I was kind of used to being my own boss, but in this case I had to, I had to coordinate the efforts of all these different and varied uh, roles, uh, which was a really cool experience. Um, I, in the past I had done them similarly. Like I had, worked with an artist or i worked with other programmers but this is the first time i've worked with all of them guiding them all to come up with a cohesive product uh so that was something really exciting and uh, enjoyable uh from my perspective
0: so you got to play the director producer role kind yeah. of wearing, wearing a couple hats there yeah well guys i just want to thank you so much for taking the time to uh uh sit down with us today and and give us just kind of the story behind, behind fish heads. And, and thank you. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's really neat to hear just the, you know, the process going to the con even, and just the, the promotion of the game. And uh, so again, just thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Tell everybody where they can find it, maybe where they can find the studio, and also you, know.
3: you guys, like if you guys have like your own personal Twitters as well, you know, because you guys each have your own experiences of making this process. So game devs that are going to see this podcast are going to be like, hey, maybe, you know, they can reach out to you. or Maybe if, if they can or what you guys, you know, provide on your own platforms as well.
1: Sure. Um, Quadratron Games is pretty simple. If you just do a search for Quadratron, you'll, you'll find all of our social media and our website and stuff. Uh, Quadratron.com quickest place to go to uh for fishheads itself it's playfishheads.com. um uh everything you need to know about fishheads is there including social media and stuff like that um i also would like to before everyone else shares their their stuff quick plug we are as a team are also working on a new game called um, strange stars so quick plug for that yeah, it's actually, coming probably in the next year or two we'll have some mm-hmm. uh cool stuff to show
2: it's gonna be cool Oh, it's gonna be really
0: rad. That's exciting. We'll have to have you guys back when that's getting ready to launch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. Sounds good.
2: Cool. Yeah. I guess, All right, um, Mark. My or... social plug. Oh, sorry. I yeah, didn't no, know.
0: you're good. No, you're no jump in. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs>
2: Let me just make also make my own shameless plug real quick. <laughs> um, you can find me at, my username is Wallabites ninety nine. So wallab, think like Wallaby but fights at the end of it 99 on most platforms, Instagram, Twitter. And I also have a website. That's just wallabites, 99.com plug over. Very Marty, cool. <laughs> promote yourself.
4: Um, yeah. So I'm on uh, Instagram. It's Mark Samani composer. Uh, my website's mark composer.com on Twitter. Um, I think it's just Mark Samani, but I don't, I don't use that one that much. Uh, you could try, but I'm not very active. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, the, the other ones are all good. Um, so, so I'm on there.
5: Cool. All right. Eric? I don't really have uh, a, much of a social media, but these guys do. So I feel like I should soon, too. But, no, I don't really have anything to plug. <laughs> <laughs> He's working
1: on PlayStrangeStars.com. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm
5: also working on that game. <laughs>
0: There you go. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Beamable Game Dev Podcast. If you'd like to connect with other game devs, head on over to our Discord, beamable.com Discord. And if you'd like to try Beamable for free, head on over to beamable.com.